Praise to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The message for this Monday, Thursday evening rises up out of that gospel reading read just now from Matthew chapter 26. Of all the words that uh, may be found in uh, Luther's small catechism, and there are many, because Luther liked to talk and write a lot, and this is the small catechism, and there's a large catechism too. I think some of the most beautiful and moving of all those words are found in that section on the sixth chief part of Christian doctrine, the sacrament of the altar. Under that section, what is the benefit of this eating and drinking? Luther writes, these words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins show us that in the sacrament forgiveness of sins, life and salvation are given us through these words. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Where there is forgiveness of sins, there's also life and salvation. Beautiful and spot on. It is this thing called forgiveness that we focus on on this Monday, Thursday evening. The Lenten season draws to a close and the three days that are the high point of our Christian faith begin. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter vigil and day commemorating Jesus passing over from death to life. This Lenten and Holy Week preaching series at the crossroads continues now as we focus on forgiveness. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Jesus' words are clear. Take, eat, this is my body. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Not just a picture or a symbol. Jesus doesn't say this bread represents or this wine stands for. No, Jesus says this is. And we take Jesus' words at face value. Under earthly forms of bread and wine, the Lord Jesus gives his very self to us, his very body, his very blood to you and to me, to all who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Though we do not understand or, or grasp how all of this works, we hold fast to what Jesus says here in his word. We walk by faith. We eat and drink by faith. By faith, we stand in this restored and right relationship with God through the forgiveness that Jesus has won for us. 
This gift called Holy Communion, it goes by many different names and we call it by different names. The Sacrament of the Altar, the Lord's Supper, breaking of the bread, the Eucharist. Our own Lutheran confessions even refer to this as the Mass. But of all the names that there are for this blessed gift from Christ himself, the one I have come to cherish the most is the Lord's Supper. Let me tell you why. I grew up in rural Iowa where it wasn't breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It was breakfast, dinner, and supper. That's right, supper was the evening meal and this is the context in which Jesus instituted this sacrament, the Passover meal, which began at sundown, as we heard in that Old Testament lesson this evening. But more than this, one of the reasons I cherish this particular name is it is the Lord's Supper. It's not mine. It's not yours. It's the Lord's Supper. He himself is the host, and he invites here to his table of grace you and me and all who are in need of forgiveness of sins and life and salvation, which only he can give. You know, there is no burden in life like the burden of guilt. I think that's a fair statement to make. There is no spiritual pain like that of something we deeply regret, something we wish with all our heart we could change, we could erase, we could do it all over again. Those first disciples who were gathered around that Passover table with Jesus would soon know deep and profound guilt. Peter would have to confront his guilt of denying that he ever knew Jesus. He would break down in bitter tears of sorrow. Judas would have to confront his guilt of betraying Jesus for money. And in despair, he would take his own life. All of the disciples would turn tail and run when Jesus was arrested. No doubt, all of them felt tremendous guilt about abandoning Jesus. Guilt can destroy. It can put a shroud of pain and darkness over our lives. But the worst is we can't will or wish it away. It hangs over us, right? Haunting us in the night, robbing us of sleep, occupying our thoughts during the days, left unchecked, it can lead to despair and death and destruction, as it did with Judas. So are we any different than those first disciples? 
Haven't we all in one way or another denied, betrayed, or abandoned Jesus? Confronting our guilt is not easy, and we'd prefer not to do it. It's embarrassing to admit our fault. It's painful to face those whom we have wronged or hurt. On that Thursday evening, in that upper room, Jesus did not say to his disciples, never mind, your sins aren't all that bad. Just feel better about yourselves. He didn't say that. This holy meal of Jesus' true body and blood is not an excuse for sin, but it is for the confronting and the forgiveness of that sin. Through the body and blood of Jesus received here in this Lord's Supper, our sins are purged. They are expunged and removed. In Jesus, we have the assurance that God holds no grudge against those who trust in him. And so we say with the psalmist, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. They're gone. God not only forgives our sins, he chooses to forget them. As the Lord tells us, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. They're gone and they're forgotten. This is the forgiveness that God graciously gives through his beloved son Jesus, which we receive here in this Holy Supper. And this forgiveness from God to us, this is the vertical dimension of forgiveness, but it must lead to the horizontal dimension of forgiveness. Not only are we to be recipients of God's grace and forgiveness, we're also to be agents, instruments, of this same grace and forgiveness in our own lives because it is God's forgiveness of us that enables us, which empowers us to forgive ourselves and others, opening by the power of the Holy Spirit's stony, cold hearts with new life. You see, forgiveness is really counterintuitive to human nature. When we are hurt, when we are put down, when we are injured by someone else, our heart tells us we have a right to strike back and get even, punishing the person who hurt or injured us. And this is the critical crossroads where we have a decision to make. What will we do when this happens? Will we respond in kind, giving as good as we got? 
And in so doing, will we deny Jesus just as surely as Peter did? Or betray Jesus just as surely as Judas did? My friends, forgiveness is the canopy under which we live and move and have our being as the people of Christ. And it calls us to a new way of life. The late Peter Marshall was a Presbyterian minister. You may have heard of him, read some of his books. He served in Washington, D.C. at the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church. He was appointed twice as chaplain to the U.S. Senate. And he has a marvelous prayer that speaks to this issue. Our Father, I think of all the pain and heartache, the tears and sorrow, the greed and cruelty unloosed around the world. Help me to be an instrument of thine to alleviate the pain by this day returning good for evil returning soft answers for sharp criticisms, being polite when I receive rudeness, being understanding when I am confronted by ignorance and stupidity. So may I, in gentleness and love, check the hasty answer, choke back the unkind retort, and thus short-circuit some of the bitterness and unkindness that has overflowed thy world. I ask this in the name of Jesus, who alone can give me the grace so to act. Amen. Here, at the Lord's table, we can only receive. We have nothing to give or to offer. We come with empty hands and open mouths waiting to be fed. We come with baggage, weighed down by the effects of sin in each of our lives. All pretension and pride must be laid aside as we come to this Lord's Supper, as we kneel here to receive the Lord Jesus Christ who comes to us. And in receiving the one who loves us, who laid down his very life for us, we find forgiveness and life and salvation for ourselves and for the world. Come, for all things are now ready. Amen.